of Can You Dig It, a podcast by SilverScreenAndRoll.com. I'm Christian Rivas, joined by Jacob Rood. Jacob, it was kind of a, I don't want to say a long weekend, but when the Lakers are on the road, there's less practices, there's less coming out of the locker room. So it's felt a little slow, I'm not going to lie. When we were recording this on Sunday, it definitely felt a little slow. Uh, But, I mean, otherwise, how, how are you doing? It's felt like a long weekend because I started celebrating the weekend on Thursday night when the Lakers beat the Bucks, <laughs> And uh, so, yeah, I mean, it, it has felt like a really long weekend. Um, it, it's, uh, it's fine, though. I'd rather it be a long weekend than a long week when there's a bunch of work to do and stuff like that. So I will happily take it. You mentioned that uh, the Lakers beat the Bucks, and I think that's a game that a lot of us – uh, had circled on our calendars the Bulls game less so uh, I think a lot of us saw that result coming Lakers winning uh, 101 to 90 which is honestly kinder to the Bulls than the actual game was I think the biggest lead the Lakers held was like 30 points uh, 80 scored 37 points in 28 minutes uh, he's no Jalen Brown so that was oh. uh, that was quite a few points Against the Bucks, though, I know I I have a few people in my life, most notably our friend uh, Dylan Heiser of Lakers Outsiders, who has thought the Bucks have been frauds since day one to him. He does not buy them at all. I am not of that belief. I think the Bucks are a very good basketball team. The record reflects that. They're you know, net rating in, in terms or in comparison to the Lakers reflects that this was very much two of the best teams in the NBA going up against each other. Um, from tip off, I did not get that vibe from the game. It was a weird game. It, it, it didn't necessarily feel like that. It was a sloppy game. Um, I don't think the Lakers played particularly well. I think they shot, from they shot the three ball well, nineteen to thirty seven. Like if you shoot that, you're gonna win pretty much every game. But yeah. LeBron and uh, KCP were thirteen of twenty of that. So I mean, uh, I don't know. It wasn't a great game. Not a lot more people seemed. I, I I listened to a bunch of podcasts after that game. It's always easier to listen to podcasts after a big win. Mm. Um. Seemed like the kind of overarching belief or like feeling from Lakers fans was like almost frustration because they didn't play well, which was not uh, the kind of takeaway I had. Um, I mean, it, certainly the Lakers didn't play well, but the fact that they did not play well and controlled a lot of that game uh, was very encouraging to me. And honestly, my biggest takeaway was that LeBron James is absolutely incredible. Like, everybody 
everybody said it, everybody's done it, that he's in the, that he is in his 18th year doing this is insane. I don't think you can say that enough because most people in their 18th year are hanging on by a thread. Compare LeBron's 18th year. I mean, I know Kobe had a couple injuries the back end of his career, but compare just compare those or Kareem. I mean, Kareem is typically seen as a guy who was better than most at the back end of his career. Um, and what LeBron is doing in year 18 is uh, incredible. And Kareem in year 18 was 17.5 points, 6.7 rebounds, 2.6 assists. LeBron in year 18 put up 34, 8, and 6 against Giannis, who is the two-time reigning MVP. Like, it's just absurd. I you I will not get over that. I It's... It's incredible. It is a joy that we get to watch this man on a nightly basis. Yeah, I mean, even even thinking about like not even historically 18th season players like at, like literal 18th season players like if if you had your choice between LeBron James and Carmelo Anthony, I think the choice is pretty clear there. I mean, a year ago, it, it didn't even feel like Carmelo Anthony had a place on on an NBA roster to his credit. He's bounced back pretty well, and I think has played a good role in that Portland Trailblazers team. But uh, in in LeBron's class, guys going into their 18 years, we have Carmelo Anthony, Chris Bosh, Dwayne Wade, Chris Kamen, uh, who honestly I, I I haven't thought about in so long. The fact that there that Chris Kamen and LeBron James. Should like the the idea of Chris Kamen playing now at the level LeBron James is is so foreign to me, and I understand that you know even going into the draft they were on two different playing fields basically. LeBron James was one of the most hyped prospects, if not the most hyped prospect in in basketball history. But I mean, could could you imagine any of these guys playing at the level that LeBron James is right now, even in like? Their first few seasons. Uh, so I have thought about Chris Kamen recently because Bill Oram did a oral history of the night that he laid down across the bench in Cleveland uh, when the Lakers fouled everybody out and actually <laughs> only had four players. Sacre stayed in with the fifth foul. That just whole wild night, Bill Oram did a uh, – an oral history that was actually really fun to kind of go back and relive some of those um, or one of those nights during the the middle of those tanking years. Um, but Chris came in last played in the NBA in 2015, 16. Uh, his last game was on April 5th, 2016. Well, I guess he played in the playoffs. So April 25th, 2016. Um, and he averaged 2.8 points that season. Uh, fast forward, yeah, to LeBron. It's like it. It's hard to put it into any context in basketball because it literally has not been done. It's hard to put it in context in basically any sport. It's almost weird because, like, you almost are able to overlook it because Tom Brady's doing a very similar thing in football. Um. I believe this is his 20th season and he's going to his 10th Super Bowl. Um, so 
almost the fact that it's happening simultaneously in multiple sports makes it seem more normal than it is. It is very much not normal for this to happen. Right. Um, so it's just he I, I'm trying to describe this in a way and where I don't repeat things that everybody else <laughs> constantly says. He doesn't look like he's slowing down even a little bit. Like he looks like exactly the same person or player, I should say, that he was when he got here three year, or two years ago. Well, three years ago now. Like it is incredible that there is no drop off. Like, sure, he's not as explosive all the time as he was in Cleveland, even during his stint in Cleveland. Even it. Uh, for certain moments, um, which you can't blame him. I mean, he was even kind of doing that in Cleveland at times in the regular season. But, like, there's moments where he just, like, when he knows he needs to do certain things, if he needs to get to the rim, if he needs to um, get a defensive stop, whatever it is, like, he's still able to do that. And, I mean, we saw in the finals um, he still can play at that level for an entire series, for an entire playoffs, honestly. He just and I thought if there was ever gonna be a time where it looked like he was gonna slow down a bit, and we're still early in this season, I thought it would be this season because of just how quick the turnaround was. And we talked about it last week. If anything that it almost feels like maybe it was a bit of a continuation that if if you just kind of stayed in shape in those two months or whatever they ended up having off that it was almost a bit of a continuation from the bubble. So that that Milwaukee game, to see him do that, he struggled in those games last year too, Those the Milwaukee and Clippers games. I know that was kind of a talking point, especially the one in Milwaukee last yeah, year. Yeah, the first game for sure, he, he struggled mightily. Yeah, they went under him on screens constantly in that game, I remember, and he couldn't make him pay. He certainly made him pay on, on Thursday, so – I just cannot get over – I'm really trying not to repeat, like, all the talking points that everybody else says, but that there's just no drop-off for him is absolutely incredible. It, it's funny that you say he's not slowing down, though, because prior to coming to L.A., he had never averaged less than 35 minutes per game in his career. In his first season in L.A., he averaged 35.2 minutes per game. And, you know, I think the – like general sentiment around LeBron signing in LA at the time. And it's the same now, but I think in hindsight, it was a little silly that LeBron was coming to LA because the Lakers had a young core that would allow him to kind of take a step back and, you know, be not a complimentary player. Cause you don't sign LeBron James for him to be a complimentary player, but you know, to have, to have guys that carry the load on some nights, play heavy minutes on, you know, nights you probably shouldn't have been able to at the age of 34. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't make the playoffs that year because, you know, of a multitude of reasons, trade rumors, injuries, yada, yada. Uh, in the two seasons since that season, his average 34.6 minutes per game. That was last season. And then this season is averaging a career low 32.4 minutes per game, still averaging 23.9 points. rebounds, and 7.5 assists per game. 
remarkably, that is not uh, even among his highest per 36 minutes numbers, like in his career. Uh, I think it comes in at, uh, I'm not going to do the math, uh, ninth in his career, which is crazy. Last season was actually the most points he's averaged per 36 minutes. Uh, I I thought that was interesting. But yeah, the the point is everything that we thought was going to happen, or I guess, you know, most pundits thought were going to happen in his first season in LA is kind of happening now because they do have the talent for him to take a step back, play fewer minutes. Uh, But even in that smaller sample size, he looks like, the best player in the NBA. The question is whether or not he actually is the best player in the NBA. And when we get back from our break, that is what we will be talking about. So last season, LeBron James was the center of the MVP race with Giannis Antetokounmpo. And that talk picked up immediately after like LeBron James, MVP stonks, skyrocketed (laughs) right after he beat Kawhi and Giannis in back-to-back games. And I think, you know, had the season continued and and the Lakers finished off strong, I think the final voting results for the MVP race would have been closer. Don't know if LeBron would have won. I think, you know, if if you're talking about a back-to-back MVP, the logic there is, is the player that won MVP better than he was the last season? Was the jump meaningful enough? In the regular season with Giannis, I absolutely think so. Um, this year's a little different. We find ourselves in a position with LeBron. Yes, he beat Giannis. Yes, the Lakers have the best record in the Western Conference. Um, but th- the race, or at least the amount of players in the race, doesn't seem nearly as vast as it was. And there also doesn't seem to be, at least to me, a clear favorite in this yet. Do you feel the same way? <clears throat> I mean, yeah, I do. I think it's LeBron. Um, <laughs> I I think he is. So I, I think there were multiple reasons. Uh, you talked about last year's MVP voting. After the award or the, the voting came out and Giannis was named MVP, he went on a... What's a diplomatic way of saying temper tantrum, basically? (laughs) Uh, He was not happy about those voting results. Um, And he let it be known. And I think that served... I mean, I think he probably legitimately was upset. Like, those guys that are at the, like, elite level, really, basically anybody in the NBA, thinks they're the best. Um so I can kind of understand in that regard where LeBron was coming from. I also think it kind of put in people's heads, like just kind of put a little seed in people's heads for for this season. Um, now, for that all to work, he had to come out and play really well to start. And the MVP, if nothing else, is very much narrative-driven especially I think in recent years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I think Russell Westbrook's MVP just kind of solidifies that by itself. Um, I think he has a couple things going for him if we're if we're talking MVP. Um, 
one, like I mentioned, he he plants that seed, and it's kind of a narrative that, oh, everybody's over or taking LeBron for granted or overlooking LeBron, and he's still great. And I, I think that was I, – I would be surprised if he did that without this season in mind. Yeah. Like, that, that feels like a very strategic move. Um, I think there is no chance Giannis wins the MVP this year. Oh. Like, I, I think that he is way out of the picture. The, on, on top of voter fatigue – I mean, it shouldn't factor into it, but the way he's went out in the playoffs the last two years, yeah, I think uh, just kind of all of that, Giannis would have to average like a 40-point triple-double to get the MVP <laughs> this year, and he's not doing that. Um, so that takes away one of his biggest competitors. And I think a lot of people will... Um, in a very simplistic way, a lot of times the MVP is the best player on the best team. If they're not the MVP, they're at least one of the front runners. I think the Lakers are the best team and LeBron is the best player. And to have the performance he did on the national stage Thursday, I think he kind of thrust himself in front of everyone uh for the mvp race i mean albeit 17 games into the season right yeah. now but i i think he's the early front runner you know the other thing with Giannis is is a point i made last season it and i think the fact that Giannis exited the playoffs the way he did kind of solidified that and that's the idea that every year we do this thing with lebron james and it's you know this this is the next guy up LeBron James is on his way down. He's coming for the crown. And then playoffs roll around, and LeBron James is still the best player in the world. Mm-hmm. I think last season, obviously the first year LeBron James was in the playoffs after a year off, the same thing happened. LeBron James is really good, but this guy's coming for the crown. Uh, playoffs come around, LeBron James is the best player in the world. I think having that happen for the first time after that one year gap kind of hurt Giannis because mm-hmm. it's, you know, this idea that you, you had next, it was there. It was yours for the taking. The stage was set a two time MVP on the best team in the NBA. If that player in that situation, isn't going to knock LeBron James off of the throne. I think it's pretty clear that LeBron James is still the best player in the NBA. Now, do I think Giannis deserved that award? Absolutely. If you yeah. look at the type of numbers Giannis put up last season, I think only Shaq and Wilt have put up those kind of stat lines. It, it was disgusting. Do I think Giannis, with his statistics, should he be in that conversation again this year? Probably. But again, you're talking about a narrative-driven award and I think LeBron has a lot of things going in his favor right now. One, he just won his fourth NBA championship mm-hmm. as arguably the best player on the roster. Anthony Davis was really, really good. But a lot of the things that the Lakers do, they couldn't have done without LeBron James. Um, number two, the guy that was supposed to be next in line for the crown dropped the crown. And that's assuming it's like in fall, guys. <laughs> Where like you're about to jump for the crown and you miss it. That's what yeah, that's what Giannis did. And LeBron mm-hmm. won. Um 
I don't know. My okay. I I don't disagree that LeBron James deserves to be in the conversation. I don't even disagree that he's probably the front runner right now. I think if there is anybody between now and the end of the season that even makes I can even get close to the case that LeBron James is making right now. I'm not confident voters don't gravitate to that person because it's LeBron because he's won so many times. And because, you know, people will make the argument that he deserved to win it last season and he's having a worse season than he had last season. That ultimately is what I'm worried about. And I think, you know, when you look at the awards odds on, on DraftKings, you have Luca at plus 450 for the MVP. That's the highest odds. Uh, Jacob, I don't know if you know this, but the Mavericks have not started off the season great. I, I don't know how much stock they put into how well teams play into this award, but right now the, the Mavs are on the outside looking into the playoff picture with an 8-8 eight and eight record. Uh, the Lakers are tied for first in the NBA with 13-4 record with the Clippers. I have Luka's basketball reference up. Um, I... They have an amazing amount of nicknames here. I just want to run these by you because <laughs> okay. most of these I have not heard of. Uh, the Matador, I believe I've heard. And then they have El Matador. Cool Hand. The Land Dawn. Luca. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, The Dawn. Uh, Wonder Boy, I've heard. El Nino Maravilla. Like that. Swaggy L. I have not <laughs> <laughs> haven't heard that at all. <laughs> Luca Legend. I don't think I've heard that. I have, yeah. And then Too Easy. Mm. To be an NBA superstar, you need like one nickname. This man <laughs> needs to consolidate all of these, pick one. Personally, I mean, right now I like Wonder Boy. That's going to age out really quickly. Maybe, the. I mean, the Matador's all right. I don't know. But pick one of these and brand yourself because there are way too many of these and most of them are bad swaggy l just doesn't sound good oh no especially when you look at luca there's nothing that like screams swaggy swaggy <laughs> about Very luca true. uh but yeah i i will say i put my money where my mouth is on lebron's mvp uh chances i was surprised luca was the favorite I mean, statistically, he's averaging 26.7 points, 9.7 rebounds, 9.5 assists. Uh, he's not been particularly efficient, especially from three. Um, and as you mentioned, the Mavericks kind of stink right now. Um, so I was surprised to see he was a favorite. LeBron's tied with two others on DraftKings for second. Giannis, who we've talked about. I think the guy that's going to be the toughest competition for him, though, is also it's Giannis, LeBron, and Kevin Durant are all tied at plus 600. I think Durant will be his toughest competition because if we're talking narrative-driven, like there's hardly a better narrative than Durant missing a, a whole season to an injury and coming back and looking better than he did yeah, when he last played. That's uh, so he, he's averaging 31.2 points which would be his highest scoring average since uh, his, like, fifth year, sixth year in OKC, um, which obviously he wasn't 
averaging as many points in Golden State. They were sharing the ball a lot. But, I mean, per 36, it would be his best scoring season ever. So, like, he's just scoring at a crazy rate. He's always been an efficient scorer. He's shooting 53, 47, 86 right now, uh, which is insane. And he's also 7.2 rebounds, 5.8 assists. The one thing I think that might be in his favor is he will probably get knocked for the fact that he's playing with Harden and Irving in the yeah. long run. Um, we we saw, I mean, we saw it in Golden State when he was there with Curry. Like, neither of them really, they basically just split the vote. Right. Um, so I think that will probably be a knock in the long run. Um, I mean, I think the only other person after those three are tied, Giannis, Durant, and LeBron are tied. Jokic is plus 800. He's a, basically a lot like Doncic right now. Um, he's putting up really good individual numbers, but Denver has stunk. They're 9-7. and seven. Um, I mean, it's a winning record, but considering it was a team that made the Western Conference Finals. Um, God, these basketball reference nicknames are great. Big Honey for Nikola Jokic. I've, not, I've never heard that before. Um, but the only other one I think could give him a run is the one in fifth in odds at plus 900 is Joel Embiid. Um, if you guys haven't watched Joel Embiid this year, like, he's been playing like a man possessed. Right. Um, that, I mean, Philly has dealt with an insane amount of, I mean, not necessarily injuries, just COVID, a COVID outbreak, basically. Um, and he's had a couple games where he's just willed them to victories. He had a game against Miami where um, Danny Green shot like 23 times or something. Uh, but he was absolutely unstoppable. Um, yeah, he had a game against Miami where both teams were really shorthanded, um, where he scored 45-16, had five steals, four assists, and he was he just could not miss in the second half, uh, or especially down the stretch in the fourth quarter. That was also a game in which Danny Green took 21 three-pointers. Um, but... If I had to give my top three right now, I think it would be LeBron, Durant, and Embiid. Yeah. And I think those are going to be the three once the dust kind of settles and whatnot and the records start. Everybody starts moving up and down and kind of settling into spots. I think those are going to be the three um, that are going to be the favorites this year. And like I said, Durant has a great kind of narrative-driven argument. Um I don't know if it'll be enough to win him MVP though over uh over LeBron when he has those two guys with him cuz it's really not been something that's done before. Yeah. And the other thing is like I I I agree with what you're saying. It just goes back to the the idea that let's just say Durant is the clear best player on the Nets by the end of the season or you know by the time people vote I mean, here Kyrie Irving and but go on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Kyrie Irving and James Harden. I shouldn't have said best. I should have said number one option. Um, Kyrie Irving and James Harden settle into their roles. Just look like you know options B one and and B two next to Durant. 
uh, and they sneak their way into a top two seed, which I think, you know, given the amount of talent they have, isn't an unrealistic expectation. I I honestly think all it's going to take is one of the Nets or 76ers with Durant or Embiid for somebody to, to talk themselves into Durant or Embiid. Because when you look at their stats, they match up well with LeBron's. Uh, you know, you look at their records. Again, the Lakers are tied for first in the NBA with the Clippers right now. Uh, the 76ers have the best record in the Eastern Conference. I don't know. I I think, and this is going to sound like the most Homer thing I've ever said, but I, I, I think the fact that he's LeBron James and he plays for the Lakers is going to force people to like, you know, do we really want to vote for LeBron James again on like, it, it, it's almost like it's too easy for them. I feel like voters will overthink this and pick somebody else. And again, I do think Durant and Embiid make really strong cases. I think Embiid especially under Doc Rivers uh, or, you know, how, how, however you want to look at the 76er situation this year, for them to make the, the leap they have stylistically for Embiid to look as dominant as he has under Doc Rivers and the 76ers being the most successful they've been since he's been there, I think is extremely impressive. Um, I think Embiid is probably, if not LeBron James, Embiid's probably my favorite right now. Uh, but yeah, I just, I just don't know. I think LeBron deserves it. I think he makes as strong of a case as anybody. And, you know, as we get later into the season, I think his stat lines will probably get more gaudy. Uh, but for now, I don't know. I, I would not put my money on it. I am not nearly as confident as you are. It's going to be interesting, too, uh, because one of the arguments I heard against him is that, against LeBron, I should say, is that he's not going to play enough games or enough minutes. Uh, I mean, if we're in agreement that those are his two biggest competitors, they're resting far more frequently than LeBron is. Um, LeBron's minutes might be down, but he's playing every game. Um, Durant and Embiid have rested a couple times this season. I mean, for good reason. I'm not certainly not knocking them for it. But, I mean, when it comes to kind of the picking nits of who's going to be MVP, um, those are the small things that kind of separate um, separate them there. And, I mean, the best ability is availability, and LeBron has been available. Um, I believe He hasn't set out a game this season, has he? I was trying to pull it up, but regardless, he's definitely set out fewer games. Yeah, he hasn't set out a game this season. Um, so that'll be one thing. Again, whenever I kind of debate this, so I, I go back to just how much of a big deal he made about, I mean, his speech after he got the finals MVP is, I want my damn respect. Mm-hmm. And I think it's stuff like that that's going to stick in voters' heads. And just the fact, like you were mentioning earlier, for the, I mean, really, I guess last year was kind of reiterating a point. I was going to say for the umpteenth time, but considering he missed the playoffs the year before, he, again, in the playoffs last year, just established that he's still the best player in the world. Um, I think that'll be in the back of voters' minds once it comes um, voting time again. 
It's going to be interesting, though. Um, it's awesome just to kind of come back to where we started. Um, it is awesome that we can discuss LeBron in this way at 36 years old in his 18th season in the league. I I hope you're right. I think the Lakers having, you know, team hardware or individual hardware to go along with the team hardware uh, would, would be fantastic. And uh, I'm, we didn't I'm, even talk about how I also think that AD is probably the defensive player of the year <laughs> for runner two, but that one is, I mean, the odds on that are a mess right now. That one's, there's a lot of guys up there, but nonetheless, I may, I'm getting way too much of a homer. I, I'm not nearly as confident on that one. I did not uh, put my money where my mouth is on that one. <laughs> we will, uh, uh, perhaps that is a, a topic for the next episode, but until then, thank you all for listening. Thank you for making your case, Jacob. You definitely swayed me uh, a little more, but yeah, not only because betting is illegal in California, I will not be betting on uh, <laughs> LeBron James. Um, thank you guys all for listening. We will be back with you next week.